Welcome back to In Short. Today we have a bonus episode. By now, you'll probably already know that I'm an avid audiobook fan. I love the way the audiobooks blend the worlds of literature and performance, and I don't think they're talked about enough in their own right. So today I'm really excited to be talking to author Meredith Tate about the audiobook of her latest novel, The Last Confession of Autumn Casterly. Meredith grew up in Concord, New Hampshire, where she fell in love with her two passions, writing and travelling. She earned her master's degree in social work from the University of New Hampshire and worked in Boston for several years before deciding to pursue her true dream of telling stories. After spending three wonderful years in St. Louis, Missouri, and three more amazing years in Zurich, Switzerland, Meredith now lives in Houston with her husband and her spoiled rescue dog. When Meredith's not writing, she loves photography, playing the piano, trying new recipes and chasing her goal of seeing every continent. Four down, three to go. We also have a guest appearance from Finley the dog, snuffling and shuffling around. He wasn't the most disciplined podcast guest, but we'll forgive him because he is abundantly cute. The Last Confession of Autumn Casterly is Meredith's fourth publication and is a gripping audiobook. Executive produced by Nick Martorelli, directed by Beth Hicks, and narrated by Emma Galvin as Autumn Casterly and Phoebe Stroll as Ivy Casterly. Great, Meredith, welcome and thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about your audiobook for The Last Confession of Autumn Casterly. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Exciting to be here. Uh, before we get into the whole uh uh, audiobook conversation. I just wanted to get a bit of a lay of the land. Um, what has your experience been with audiobooks as a listener up until this point? So funny story, I had actually never listened to an audiobook before I listened to my own. And um, so I didn't really know kind of what they were about. And I'm so excited that I um, have listened to one. I thought it was really fun. I love how um, the actors make the different voices of the different characters and um, it's really kind of more of an experience I guess so I really enjoyed it and I'll definitely be seeking out more audiobooks in the future. What a great experience to have the very first audiobook you listen to being your own that's really exciting. Yeah and it's funny because I actually always assumed that I would never be able to like get the guts to actually listen to my own audiobook and like yeah. oh I wrote these words, that's awkward. <laughs> and I always just kind of assumed I would never do it, but I've been listening to mine. I'm still listening to it. I've listened to a few chapters multiple times now and I'm just loving it. It's just so cool to like hear these characters and these words brought to life by voice actors. That's really exciting. I I, I get that a lot when I talk to authors about um, their audiobooks because obviously an author has to go through sort of the process of sort of writing and then revising and then past pages and all the different levels so you get to know your book so well so I can imagine the idea of uh, listening to the audiobook kind of is also a well it's finished now and I can't change anything um, but then also what if you get a narrator that you don't particularly like and I, I know authors don't always get a huge say in the audiobook process. Uh, before we actually talk about the audiobook, let's have a quick pitch uh, for The Last Confession of Autumn Casterly, just so we can get the listeners uh, right in with us. Sure. Um, so The Last Confession of Autumn Casterly was my first ever YA contemporary novel. Um, and it's about two sisters, Ivy and Autumn, um, who have not spoken in three years. They do not get along at all. And they are both polar opposites. 
Ivy is this kind of introverted nerd. She's really kind. She's really just kind of likes to keep her head down and stay out of the way. And then we have 18-year-old Autumn, who is a senior, who is a bully. Um, she deals drugs. She's not always the nicest. She has no filter. She speaks her mind. And they just, they butt heads. They don't get along. Um, and then one day, Autumn is gets in over her head in a drug deal, and she gets beaten and left for dead and kidnapped. So she is being held hostage somewhere, but she doesn't know where they're keeping her. And her soul leaves her body as this kind of ghost type thing. I don't know if you've read um, Gail Foreman's If I Stay, but it's mm -hmm. a similar kind of out-of-body experience. So she leaves her body seeking help, um, but nobody can see or hear her except for Ivy. Um, so now Ivy has three days to find Autumn's body and essentially dive into the world of this person that she no longer knows. So yeah, that's basically the last confession of Autumn Castro. Yeah. Wow, that's a pitch. You've done that a lot, haven't you? I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the uh, the paperbacks just come out this week, right? They did, yeah. So congratulations oh, on that as you. well. So you get a whole new sort of ramp up with the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, with the excitement. So, I, I mean, I love the story. It really has a whole host of sensitivity and emotion and real sort of sister dynamics. It deals with some really complicated questions and and sort of cultural issues. Um, and I just want to, yeah, I want to talk about what inspired you to write this story. We've got that speculative element with, you know, a really very real contemporary issue. So talk me through that. So I always tell people that my inspiration from this book came from like three or four different places. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I wanted to write a sister story where two sisters hadn't spoken in years and one of them has to save the other one. Um, so I kind of had it in my head that the one sister would kind of be a ghost and be like, oh my gosh, the only person who can hear me is my sister mm -hmm. who I hate <laughs> and kind of work with that dynamic. Um, and then the other side of that, I really wanted to set a book in my, com my hometown of Concord, New Hampshire. Um, I just feel like I've read a lot of books in New York, a lot of books in LA, a lot of mm -hmm. books in um, kind of just nameless small towns. And I really just kind of wanted to write a Concord book. I wanted to put my coffee shops in it. I wanted to <laughs> put some local references in my favorite Chinese restaurant. And so I just thought that would be fun. And then um, it's kind of dabbling with that. And there was a big news story a few years ago um, about a college student who sexually assaulted an unconscious woman. And um, I just watched the way the news kind of spun it. Um, they showed his picture as an athlete. He was shown as an athlete and the victim was described as kind of a nameless drunk girl. And that just mm. viscerally made me angry. He yeah. got an egregiously light prison sentence. And I was like, you know, this case we had witnesses, we had DNA evidence, and it still wasn't enough to get a proper sentence, what do we have to do as a society mm -hmm. to get justice yeah. for these crimes that are so common? So I just, I was, I was mad. I was just raging. And I just kind of thought about it. I made the connection, like, you know, a lot of times it feels like we take away the voice of victims in assault crimes. And I wanted to show that on the page in an allegory that um, kind of hopefully would would kind of draw attention to that. Um, so that's kind of what I was going for, is just blending all of those 
things together. I mean, I think, you, and you do it so powerfully. I think um, sometimes the temptation might be to kind of paint the victim to be 100% innocent, to go the other way completely. Um, and so there was absolutely no question about character. And what I think you do really incredibly with Autumn's character is, you know what, she is a complicated flawed young woman who is dealing with so many issues of growing up and being um and, and really having complicated you know problems with her father and after her mother had passed away and I think what you do so brilliantly is create the sensitivity the humanity the you know real person behind autumn and you kind of say you know what here are her flaws yet this isn't deserved this isn't um nothing could t- could make her deserve this and I think that you you really do that so incredibly well um and I think you know the narrators will get onto them in a sec but the narrator's just beautiful I I, I wanted to ask uh was this always going to have the speculative element um it always was from the beginning I kind of loved the idea of like a ghost having to solve their own murder um kind of like a lovely bones type thing um I've always really liked that. And going back to what you said about um, Autumn's character, I think for me, it was really important that um, Autumn was the victim and not Ivy because it's so easy to empathize with Ivy. She's nice, she's pleasant, she's kind, and it's less easy to empathize with someone who's rough like Autumn. And I wanted to take Autumn and like force people to empathize with this character and just see like, you know, she's mean and she's a bully and she breaks the laws and she does a lot of bad stuff, but she's still a person and she still deserves to be listened to and believed. Um, and I thought giving her, going back to the ghost question, I thought putting her into the situation of taking away her agency, taking away her voice, yeah. putting her into that kind of ghost role um, would kind of help to get that across. So that's kind of what I was going for. And I also just in general, I love contemporary with speculative elements. Oh, me too. So I thought I've always wanted to write one. I thought it would be fun. Oh, and you did it just so masterfully. I really, (laughs) yeah, I I love that speculative element so much. Um, I remember when I picked it up, I kind of, I I don't think I knew much about it. I'm one of those people I don't particularly like to uh, have the whole blurb because I like it all to be a surprise. Um, And sometimes that lands me in uh, deep trouble with a book that's not necessarily my bag. Um, But with this one, it was just the most delightful surprise. I think that it was just so um, surprising and cleverly done and really kind of gave you sort of an intimate uh, look at everything that was happening in all the characters' lives. Um, and I think that with the dual POV as well, I think, um, was it always going to be dual POV between Ivy and Autumn? Yeah, from the beginning. Um, and it actually opened originally with chapter three, which is the chapter that Autumn is bullying Caitlin. Oh, really? And Hard that was open. the original opener. <laughs> yeah. And everyone who read chapter one was like, I hate this character. I don't want to read another word of this character. And I was like, "Mm." so I ended up um, pushing Autumn's um, scene back a little bit to the scene in the lockers. And um, and then Ivy is like, hopefully people will like Ivy before I subject them to Autumn being a jerk in the next chapter. So I kind of thought that their point of views would balance each other out a bit since they're so different. Oh, yeah. Um, So that's what I was kind of going for was to also show two perspectives because you see Autumn on one hand kind of losing her mind because she's like, I'm about to die. No one can hear me. And then Ivy's like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, she does disappear a lot. And I kind of like this guy. And you have Autumn like 
what are you doing? Like, look for me. And um, so I just thought it would be fun to kind of show that through both perspectives. Yeah. And I think their voices are so, so, so strong. Um, and, and and that brings me really perfectly to the, to the narrators. Um, Autumn Casterly is narrated by Emma Galvin and Ivy Casterly is narrated by Phoebe Stroll. And these are both big names uh, within the audiobook community. So it's really, really great that, you know, you were able to get such talented actors to really pay uh, a tribute to such fabulous characters that you, you'd written. Um, I'm also going to mention right at the top here that it was directed by Beth Hicks. Um, I hear her name come up a lot um, when I'm listening to audiobooks and I'm like, aha, uh-huh, I think I like your style because she's got a real beautiful um, connection with text, which I love. Um, and it was executive produced by Nick Martorelli as well. Um and so tell me, what was your involvement in the in the production process of this audiobook? It really varies depending on author and project and directors and producers. So yeah, give us an insight into that. So I was actually very lucky because Penguin actually um, let me have a lot of say in the audiobook narrators. Great. They sent me, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun too. They sent me um, a lot of different choices, both for Autumn and for Ivy. Um, I knew I had kind of specific characteristics in mind that I was looking for in the voices um and I just immediately as soon as I heard Emma I was like that's Autumn and then I heard Phoebe and I was like that's Ivy and um I love that they Penguin then said okay I'm gonna we're gonna reach out to them and we're gonna go from there and I just I was so excited they were perfect yeah I mean they they really really are and I think that was one of my questions is before you had even heard their voices. Did you have really strong ideas of what you wanted those narrators to sound like? I did. So um, I always imagine Autumn as having this kind of gritty, hardened, almost sarcastic quality to her voice, Mm -hmm. Um, almost kind of matching kind of who she is for a lot of the book on the inside. And Emma Galvin just, um, she just nailed that. Um, I picked up that quality in her voice immediately in the sample. Um, She has this wonderful way of conveying emotion in her voice. And um, for Ivy, I kept picturing this kind of light, innocent, girly quality um, to her voice. And I also thought that Phoebe just nailed that. Um, She did such a good job bringing Ivy to life. And when I listened to the audiobook, I could just listen, I could just picture both characters so clearly, because both actors just seemed to really get the characters and kind of get who they were. And that was really important to me. So um, it made me really happy. Yeah, I mean, Emma Galvin's voice, is just it has this incredibly unique quality to it you don't hear it that often in narrators um in audiobooks purely for the fact that i don't think you hear it that often in humans in general um but i think traditionally i think audiobooks have been this very polished voice where people speak with very perfect accents and you're kind of uh and and that's very that's great for a lot of stuff um but a voice that kind of sounds a little bit more unpolished is very rarely sort of, um, well, it was very rarely chosen, but I think it's really coming into its own in sort of this new wave of audiobooks where they're really, really uh, digging into performers. Um, and and so Emma Galvin's voice is just, yeah, it's this unique sort of breathy quality um, paired with just like excellent acting. Um and sort of the attitude narration sort of instantly, as soon as you hear her, gives us this picture of who Autumn is. And like you said, the sarcastic quality um, is so great. And I was I was talking to a friend the other day 
And we were talking about, you know, what is it that you choose from, uh, how, how do you choose a narrator? And like, it's, it's that person who connects with the text, um, because I don't think you can get such a great performance from an audiobook performer if the text isn't there, if the character's not there, you know, they really have to add. And I don't think, I think Emma really worked in um, beautiful tandem with the character you'd created. It's just, yeah, so beautiful. And so I just want to, I want to talk about the contrast between them. I think Mm. one, the contrast is so clear on the page. Um, And I think in some ways it could be really difficult to create the contrast in the voices. Um, And you talked about wanting to have Phoebe as sort of this sort of lighter, sort of girly character. And, And I think, again, in audiobooks, this can sometimes go really south in that people will go for some a stereotype. But I think what Phoebe did so beautifully was sort of, yeah, she had the innocence, she had the light quality, but it didn't sound like a child. And I think that was really important pairing with, with Emma Galvin's such like um, raw quality. Um, yeah. And so I wanna talk about, um, so with such unique voices, I want to talk about how they characterize other voices um, because that's a you know, huge trick in audiobook narration is, okay, so I'm narrating one character, but then they're speaking to 10 different characters. Um, and tell me how, how that felt for you when you were hearing them sort of narrate another character. Oh, I loved it, especially um, hearing Autumn. So there's this scene when Ivy is looking for Autumn's car and her two male friends are with her, Jason and Patrick. And Autumn's obviously watching as a ghost. And she's getting annoyed because, you know, they're eating candy. They're joking around. And she's like, why are you taking this seriously? And her tone, Emma's tone, when she reads Jason and Patrick, it is so <laughs> awesome. It was just this quality of just like, when I'm like talking about my husband and I'm like, Oh, like, oh, I just picked up this new 700-page biography, like, to make fun of him, because that's what he reads. Um, I kind of got that from Emma's voice. I could tell, I could hear, like, the annoyance of Autumn, because that's how she's interpreting um, what's happening. She's annoyed. Like, she's mm. frustrated that these two guys are there. And I love that that Emma was able to make that come across. And um, one thing I also found interesting with the voices is that both Emma and Phoebe picked out a kind of similar tone for the character of Kathy. Um, When Kathy was talking, both of them picked up a kind of almost aloof um, tone to Kathy's voice. And I thought that was really interesting, too, that they both read her kind of the same way, which I liked. Um, It's a tribute to your writing, surely. (laughs) I'm sure it has to be there for both actors to really pick up on that so well. Because she's not the typical um, sort of stepmother character at all. I think you play that really well as well. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for that because I really didn't want people to hate her. I wanted to show her as like a real person. Like Autumn and Ivy have very different perspectives of her, obviously, um, due to things that happen over the course of the book and what we find out about the past. Um, But I didn't, I wanted to make sure I showed that she was not evil. She was not terrible she was just a person who makes mistakes and I think that they both captured that really well when they read for her too just so well and I mean I think um one of the things that I mean as soon as I heard Autumn's voice I thought oh gosh voicing 
other characters with such a unique voice. It's going to be tricky. And then when I heard it, I felt just so comforted by it. But one of the things with Phoebe, um, Phoebe Stroll, who who voiced Ivy, um, there's that, I think one of her opening scenes is a scene with a group of friends. And I think there's about six of them in the scene. Um, and she voices six characters so well um, in that whole scene, really kind of gets this sort of um, subtleties between each. She's really sort of, it feels incredibly natural. I have no idea how many times she had to go over it um, or how she worked with the director. Um, but yeah, like that was really brilliant. And because the characters in that uh, that chapter all of her friends I think there's five of them six of them I think so six yeah yeah and they all have such strong voices again on the page um but yeah to translate it is is really really tricky (laughs) and one thing that's hard especially is in a book obviously sometimes you have dialogue tags like Kevin says Mm -hmm. Ivy says but not always sometimes they're just there like sometimes the dialogue is just there and for her to be able to convey that when you're not looking at the page and to still convey that there are different people talking and who it is without the dialogue tag, I think that's like takes an enormous amount of skill. And I was very impressed with the way she did that. Yeah, and to do it with such um, without leaning on stereotypes, without leaning on sort of um, the the need to be a male voice or a female voice or all those different sort of yeah I, I think the subtlety and it, it came out of character, it came out of the things that were on the page, and and they worked so well. I really really enjoyed that. So let's let's take a little bit of a dive um, into your favorite scene of the book. Talk me through why you chose this last uh, sort of something very close to the end. So I'm going to be careful what I say because there's spoilers in the chapter. Um, but so my favorite scene has always been what I've always called the Autumn Apology Tour chapter, and this is kind of it's near the end of the book. Autumn goes back into her body and she overhears her captors saying that they are going to dump her body into the river at sunrise. Um, so this is the night before it's late and autumn realizes I only have a few hours left to live. Um, there's nothing I can do. And that's probably one of my favorite lines in the book is she just, she's been trying, she's been working so hard to be found. And she's just like, you know what? I just, it hits me. There's nothing I can do. I have to just let it happen. And, um, so I've always really connected, um, connected to that, um, part of her. It was one of those lines that I kind of saw coming when I was just beginning to write the book, I was like, I want to write this line. Um, so I've always connected to the chapter. And what happens in the chapter is um, Autumn decides to visit a lot of the people in her life. Again, she's in a ghost body. So she essentially closes her eyes and thinks of somebody and she's there. She sees them. She's in front of them. So um, she's kind of never let herself connect to anybody. So she visits um, the two girls that have been the closest to her. She considers as close the closest thing she's had to friends and she kind of learns more about them and she apologizes she says i'm sorry i didn't open up more i'm sorry that i wasn't a good friend to you and um i think that was a big moment for her too because she's been witnessing ivy with her friends interact with her friends and how much they all support each other and they joke together and autumn's kind of hit her like you know i don't have that and i think that was a big character moment for her um, to realize that that's what she wanted. And um, she visits Caitlin, which is the girl she bullied in the infamous chapter three, former chapter one. <laughs> and um, she makes a connection, you know, maybe Caitlin and I aren't so different. And then she goes back home and um, she 
It was really important to me to also show that Autumn not forgiving somebody for something that they don't deserve. And I wanted to kind of give her power in saying, you know, I don't forgive you for what you did, but I still love you. And so that was important to me to show also. Um, so yeah, that's just, I think the reason I like that chapter so much is I feel like it's kind of the culmination of Autumn's character development throughout the book. And I've always just, I loved writing it and I it's still my favorite chapter. So how was it hearing that chapter? It was emotional. Um, I mean, I think Emma did such a great job kind of, like I said, it's the highest emotional point for Autumn in the book and she conveyed that so well. Um, and I just, I thought that... And such a range as well. Yeah. The way her voice changed when she was talking to Kathy and saying, I don't forgive you, and the way she was talking to Abby and, you know, I'm sorry, I wasn't a better friend. It was so different. And I just love the way she captured kind of the different ways that Autumn could feel toward different people. And um, I just felt the emotion in it. And I, I've read this book 8,000 times. I knew exactly what was coming. And I was still <laughs> like the way she delivered it. It felt like I was listening to a new story. Oh, that I mean, that is like the goal of all audiobooks everywhere to kind of have that re-experience for, for yeah. an author is really quite incredible. Um, yeah, I'm so glad that you picked this chapter as well. It is just such a incredible chapter for for autumn's growth um and i think what you see really brilliantly here is this rough very difficult voice from the beginning of the book really really reflects on herself and the, the life that she's kind of had and the person she's been um but she also gives herself the power like you said to not forgive somebody when they don't deserve it um and I, so one of the things with audiobooks, a lot of people um, use them as a way to listen when they're doing something, like if they're doing the dishes or if they're on a run or, um, and for me, like the mark of a truly great audiobook is when it stops me and it makes me pay attention. And I think I remember when I first heard this chapter, I, I was on a run um, and I was like, oh, and I actually ended up sitting myself down and listening <laughs> to the chapter. Um, and, you know, I found myself having a little cry on the bench in Riverside Park in Manhattan. Um, very, very dignified. Um, but yeah, it was I, I genuinely so powerful. And I think one of the things that Emma Galvin really did was she really conveyed one that emotion that was there on the page but she matched the emotional tension that you'd you'd created um and so you really kind of felt her mm. have this hardness and then instantly soften and and sort of her like her voice really reflected the tone of her journey um when you were when you were listening did I mean this can be for the whole uh, novel now um did you get anything new from it where you thought, oh, oh, I hadn't thought of it like that? Well, one thing that I think was interesting is that um, I put a lot of like one-liners in this book, like just silly stuff that cracks me up. I'm like, no one else is going to find this funny, but I find it funny. <laughs> and when when they were both characters, when um when both Phoebe and Emma were reading them, I like a couple of times I burst out laughing and I was like, I feel ridiculous because I'm laughing at my own joke, but it sounds different <laughs> when it's 
kind of coming through somebody else. And I just kind of, it just made me so happy that um, kind of this book I'd read a million times, again, was just so different um, in this format. And it, it was like reading a new book for me. And I mean, at this point, Autumn's been out for a year and I make it a point not to open my published books and read through them because it always gives me anxiety and it makes me think like, oh, I wish I could change this, but I can't. Um, so it was kind of my first time going back to the story in about a year. And oh, I hope it wasn't too, uh, too intimidating. (laughs) No, you know, as I was listening, I was like, oh, I used that word twice in the same paragraph a couple times. But other than that, I was I was really happy, you know, especially that's really yeah, it was it was really a nice experience. And I'm I'm very happy with how it came out. That's awesome. I think um, it's so hard to remove yourself from your writing. Um, And the idea that you kind of got to listen to it as a whole new story and you kind of had a whole new sort of perspective with it is, is, yeah, such a nice treat to be able to look back and really, really enjoy the story that you slaved over for so long. (laughs) I know, it's funny. I was telling my husband that... um... The, the table of contents for the audiobook, it just has, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, autumn, autumn, ivy, 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 autumn, whatever, like the rose. And I was like, I have read this so many times that just seeing the day and which autumn or ivy chapter is, I'm like, I know exactly what happens in that chapter. That is how many times I have read this thing. That's just from seeing the headline in the day. I'm like, I know exactly what chapter that is. Yeah, the structure of the, um, it's interesting, actually, because typically with like a dual POV audiobook, um, you kind of feel the sort of natural rhythm of um, one character than the other. And they're kind of all fairly equal lengths and it, it feels like they're probably still numbered in the audiobook. But when you and I were talking about trying to find where it was, I was just like, oh, wow, this is literally just Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and their names. And so we eventually got there. But it is um, interesting to see like how varied the chapter lengths are. And you really kind of stuck with each character for only as long as was needed for that moment. And I think that, yeah, it was really interesting. And it has a really great pace to the whole audiobook as well. Yeah, I think for me, it was really important. So I kind of figured out, I outlined the story before I figured out which character was going to be kind of POVing which scene. Mm. And then instead of kind of, originally I tried to structure it like Autumn, Ivy, Autumn, Ivy, Autumn, Ivy. And it just, it wouldn't have lined up well. I Like some scenes we need to see from Ivy's, through Ivy's eyes and some scenes we need to see through Autumn's eyes and um so I was really I was worried when I wrote it I was like you know this might be uneven it might be unbalanced um but in the audiobook I thought it 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 came out really well like it just I couldn't even really do during in the table of contents you can see like oh this chapter is 15 minutes and the next one's 45 but it didn't really sound like that kind of when I was listening because they they did such a good job yeah I think they did a great job like I um one of the things that I find with sometimes with the POV, um, just as a reader or a listener, is that um, when you switch over to an, um, the other character and you're like, oh, but I, but I want to go back to what they were doing. And it's so it can be so frustrating. But I think what um, is done so well with with the, the way you structured it is, is you did. You stayed with what was necessary at that time and if Ivy had three chapters in a row Ivy had three chapters in a row and that was fine because it was what was needed and I didn't find myself at all kind of thinking oh but no I just want to stay here for just one second I mean obviously you have the beautiful cliffhangers that you always want in in a book to kind of keep the tension going um 
but yeah, I, I actually, I really liked the sort of, yeah, the rhythm that the whole sort of book has and then it translates so perfectly with the audiobook. I think another thing that helps is that um because Autumn is a ghost for most of the book, she's basically following Ivy around. Yeah. So like whatever one of them is seeing, um, like the next chapter would just pick off right where the last one left off, regardless of who is speaking. So I think that helps. Um but you know, that was really, really important to me. I was hoping that it wouldn't be that that situation like you described where you get to the next point of view and you're like, no, no, go back. Yeah. Definitely. And I think also with a jewel, and this goes back to excellent casting, um, but also on jewel sort of POV audiobooks, you know, you don't always love both narrators equally. You know, voices are quite subjective, um, especially if you're listening to them for like 12 hours. Um, but I think, yeah, that both of these these actors had just such engaging voices. Like I wanted to listen to what they had to say. It kind of felt like um, a friend was telling me what was happening to them. Yeah, and they, they balance each other out so well. Yeah. That, you know, at the beginning of each chapter, they say, like, oh, Autumn or Ivy, whoever's speaking. But it, even without that, even like, you can tell immediately who it is just by the, yeah, definitely. the way they voice the character. Again, in some cases, that is not necessarily the case. And you, you don't have... Uh, voices that are that different and I think it just yeah I mean it was it was cast brilliantly and yeah they did amazing things with with the text as well um I want to talk about sort of this novel deals with some really difficult uh topics um and I always find that a really interesting um one in and of itself it's a story that talks about consent and abusive relationships um, but I find it very interesting when it comes to audiobooks um, and how it works um, with an audiobook. Um, and I just wondered, how, how do you think that came across in the audiobook? How did that kind of um, feel like hearing it instead of re- having that control over reading it? Um, you know, there's one chapter in particular, I think, that is very, um, it's very hard to write. It was the chapter that I, I wrote a lot of it kind of through my tears <laughs> Um, just because I, I connected so strongly to these characters and I was like, I'm sorry I'm hurting you and I'm sorry that we're talking about this and um, listening to it back. I mean, I was had my dog on my lap. I was petting him and it just, uh, you know, it's hard. But I think that Emma, uh, that's obviously it's a scene from Autumn's point of view. And I think that Emma really captured the kind of complexity and the emotion that I was going for because Autumn is essentially learning something that she always knew, but she maybe didn't know about herself, um, that she's kind of confronting for the first time. And I think, um, I just think Emma really captured that kind of roughness while at the same time kind of pushing people away while trying to ask for help and trying to like pull people in. And I think that she really captured that because, I mean, it's it's a story that's uh, literally about being found. She wants Ivy to find her body, but it's also a story, metaphorically, that um, she wants to be found. She wants someone to see her, to see the real Autumn. And um, when Ivy sees her for the first time and learns kind of why Autumn is the way she is, you see kind of a, a more vulnerability to Autumn. And I think you can kind of even see the shift. You can hear it in Emma's voice, kind of how she conveyed that shift in Autumn's character. And I thought that was so powerful, the way she conveyed it. Um, and I think it could have been, you know, it could have been done any number of ways. And I think the way she handled it was just perfect. Yeah, definitely. And I think 
it really speaks to um, sort of the authenticity. And a lot of people say authenticity and it kind of feels like a catch-all word, let's say that, because we want it to be meaningful. But what I'm really um, trying to get at is that it it really, if it had been overperformed, I think this could have been a really damaging moment in the book uh, and in the audio book with, with, the, with the narrator. Um, because it's it, you know it's these are difficult things to one think about but to like to hear it hearing is a very different experience than watching tv or, or film or reading like they all have their own needs um and and sort of their own impacts and this idea of it kind of happening in your head you kind of feel very very uh, close to 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 the action um and I love that she it wasn't overperformed at all. There wasn't a moment in it where I thought, oof, she went a bit heavy with that or anything like that and I think it was yeah, th- this is a this is an audiobook that I feel very very confident in recommending to people because it talks about really difficult things without um unnecessarily being over sort of performed I was gonna say and that was really important to me too because I didn't want it to come across as like bashing the reader over the head with a message I kind of wanted it to feel like you know real life and things that are happening in real life and I think that Emma um again with the overperforming I think it would have been so easy to overperform and I think it's so hard with an audiobook because obviously with film or tv they have other ways to convey their emotion. They have their body language. They have their facial expressions. Whereas in an audiobook, it's literally only their voice. And I think that it's that's so hard. I can't even imagine like conveying conveying emotion that way. And she just nailed it. I thought she did an amazing job. Yeah, absolutely. Um and, and you're right, without those other um sort of senses that we have to sort of help us connect with a character and kind of see pain as well as it's a real uh balance um uh to kind of get it in the voice but not in a way that kind of feels uncanny valley uh where you look at it and you think oh it's not quite real um but yeah and I, I yeah I feel like one the topic is dealt with very very well within the book uh, within the story, uh, as as a, a reader, you feel looked after in the way that you're experiencing it, as well as, um, you know, you're, you're experiencing autumn as a person, as a human. Um, but then I think that the, the narrators and, and I'm sure uh, the director, Beth, had um, a real hand in sort of those moments to really just make sure that as a listener, you also kind of had that balance between feeling safe but being able to live on the edge of an exciting story that was compelling um so yeah I think it it was yeah just really really excellent so that's everything that I thought would um, cover today and so much more um I just want to yeah what was what's your thoughts about audiobooks now um you know I love them I'm hoping that that Penguin chooses to make my next book into an audiobook. I haven't heard anything, but I'm hoping. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, I just, um, I think they're really fun. You know, it makes me want to go out. I actually had the autumn audiobook on uh, in the car. I do my my daily trip out of the house to go to the Dunkin' Donuts drive through I have that in common with Autumn and Ivy. And um, they, um, I had it playing, you know, in the car. And I was thinking, you know, this is great. Next time I have to do a long road trip in the car I'm gonna buy an audiobook and just listen in the car while I drive much better than hearing commercials on the radio so 
tell us about about your next uh, book that's coming out. Yeah, so uh, my next book comes out on May 18th, um, and it's called Shipped, and it is drastically different in tone (laughs) from The Last Confession of Autumn Casterly. Um, It's a rom-com. It's kind of, I describe it as You've Got Mail at Comic-Con. And oh, fun. <laughs> I had so much fun with it. It's um <laughs> these two high school students, Stella and Wesley, who hate each other. They are rivals. They don't want anything to do with each other. And um, at the end of the year, one of them is going to be valedictorian and one of them is not. So um, their feud is escalating in school and it escalates to a prank war. They want to sabotage each other, anything at any cost. Meanwhile, online, they are both fans of this mega hit sci-fi show that got canceled after one season. Um, it's called Worship 7. I kind of based it off of Firefly in my head. Ah, oh, love Firefly. And, oh, me too. <laughs> and um, so Stella and Wesley anonymously meet online in a forum for the show, and they realize they're both going to the same sci-fi convention together in the spring. So while they're connecting and bonding online, in real life, they are sabotaging each other <laughs> and hating each other. And it was so much fun to write um, kind of their banter and like the hatred, but then online, like their soft moments, not knowing who they're really talking to. And um, there's a cosplay masquerade and there's a big prom scene. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. And oh my goodness, I want to listen to that audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I want it to exist so bad. Well, we'll will it enter into existence. <laughs> and then if it, if it, uh, does come to fruition it would be great to have you back on the podcast to talk about that one too yeah that would be great <laughs> awesome so for everyone um that's listening and has clearly fallen in love with uh the last confession of autumn castley and is looking forward to your next one tell us where we can find you so i am on twitter at ml tate 24 i'm on twitter way too much i'm also on instagram way too much at m meredith l tate 24 and on facebook as meredith tate author Great. And I can also vouch for some really fabulous dog content as well. <laughs> all the um, dog pictures all the time. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan, big fan. <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much, Meredith. This has been great chat. Um, I love talking about audiobooks, and especially ones that I love so much. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Meredith for taking time to sit down and talk about her audiobook. And thank you as always to Teddy Merricks, my one-man production team for the music and logos. And thank you, of course, to you for listening. I loved my chat with Meredith, so please do rate and review the podcast and share on social media so that I can keep doing it. If there is an audiobook you'd love to hear me discuss, or you're an author with an audiobook coming out, get in touch. There are contact details on my website at englishgirlinnewyork.org and I also hang around on Instagram at alishasbooks.n.bobs, as in books and bobs. This was In Short, the podcast from Blanket Fort Productions. See you all next time.